Um, I've just come from the airport because we said goodbye this morning to our 18-year-old, Ruth. Um, it's, yeah, I'm feeling very emotional about it, actually. It's funny, my mother always made such a big deal of it when I left home. And she said, won't you come back? Won't you come and spend more time with us? And I thought it was such an exciting adventure to get out and see the world. And um, now my daughter's heading off. And I gave her the longest hug ever. I, I struggled to say goodbye. Um, it feels like yesterday she was learning to talk. And in these few weeks, we are going back to basics, learning to talk with God, learning to communicate with the God who wants to know us, wants us to know Him at a personal relationship level. Um, and, you know, when Ruthie started to talk, we were competing for which would be the first one. Say, Daddy. She, Mom would say, Say, Mommy. <laughs> say, Daddy. <laughs> say, Mommy. And eventually the first words were coming. Might not have been either of them. And, um, and then the words came more and more and faster and faster and then sentences. And then you couldn't stop her. And um, if you like, we're working through Four stages of talking to God, communicating with God. Um, and they're not separate stages. We progress from one to another. They overlap and they're constantly a part of our lives. Last week we looked at talking to God and using some of the prayers that Scripture has given us, Jesus has given us in the Lord's Prayer, um, St. Paul has given us, even in the Old Testament and the Psalms, and the liturgies that we have, which are very scriptural, that are about talking to God. And it's like learning those first words. Say it like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so we learn to talk to God. But that's not the end of the story. This week I want us to look a bit more at talking with God. And the difference between talking to God and talking with God. And then we're going to go on to listening to God and being with God. And um, there comes a time when we're learning to speak, when we're learning to speak with God, when we desire to go deeper in this relationship um, and to express something that's more true of the highs and lows of life, where my life and the things that are going on here and in the world around me are part of this communication with God. And some of those come under the prayers which we pray to God, but also He wants to hear what's on our minds, what's on our hearts, talking with God. And Jesus assumes that there will be um, this progression into talking with God because he talks about coming to God with our needs and our desires. When it comes to talking with God, there are three areas that we can talk about. And I want to look at this morning. How we talk with God about the things we're grateful for. Gratitude. Um, the things that are good in our lives. Um, and in the world and of God. And how we express gratitude. Firstly. Secondly, lament, um, how we talk about what's evil, what's wrong in the world around us uh, with God. 
And thirdly, intercession how, and petition, how we ask God to fulfill his promises to overcome evil with good. Your kingdom come. And how we talk to him about um, needs that we have, but also we intercess on behalf of others. We play this mediatory role, this priestly role of um, bringing the needs of others to God and bringing God to others. So firstly, gratitude. Talking with God about what's good in our lives and in the world around us. So in order to approach God with an open heart, in order to be able to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come from the heart, from a deep and sincere place, we have to recognize who he is, the greatness, the splendor, the goodness of God, our dependence on him. We don't come to him as father and worship him if we don't see a need for it, if we don't see that our lives are dependent on him and his sovereignty and his goodness, this great generosity that we experience When we don't see life as a gift from God, um, but see it more as a right, this is my right to live like this. I have this because I've earned it or because it's my right. Then we're more prone to grumbling and moaning, I think. We're more prone to complaining when things go wrong. Think of Adam and Eve in the garden. Their sin was ultimately a failure to receive life as a gift and rather to see it as a right. Human rights are important. Our human rights um, charter comes, emanates originally from Scripture, from the words of Scripture. But we must hold our rights in balance with the truth that life is a gift from God and that we experience God's grace and blessing um, and that we are the recipients of His goodness. So gratitude is, is not really the starting point of prayer alone. I'm going to pray, so let me start by saying thank you, God, and then I'll move on to all my list of needs. But it's actually the heart and soul of our whole relationship with God. It's, it's the heart with which we approach God. It's the way that we come into a prayer relationship with God. If it's going to be wholesome and good, if it's going to be something that enriches our relationship with God, The whole nature of the Trinitarian relationship is one of generosity and of generous self-giving. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus gave himself for our sins. The Holy Spirit is freely given to us. Generosity is central to the gospel and the nature of God himself. And so gratitude is the primary way that we can relate to God. As I reflected and prepared this talk, I I thought that doesn't feel like the primary way that I always relate to God. I don't think of my relationship with Him in terms of one of massive gratitude. Sometimes I come with a grumpy heart, a complaining heart. But I deserve this. I have a right to this. Paul in Colossians 2 verse 7 says that we should be overflowing with thankfulness as God's people. We should overflow with thankfulness. Just as one 
measure of human maturity as a child grows to an adult. And I don't know if you remember seeing this in your children. It's moving from, it's all about me, to, oh, others have needs too. From, um, I'm grumpy and I have a right and I want this and I want that and give me this, mom and dad, to thank you so much. And in the later teen years, it's something I've recognized in my daughters, the maturity of coming to the place of, mom and dad, thank you so much for what you do for me. Or, you know, and when that comes, it's a bit surprising because of years of, as children, we're selfish. We're not, as we mature, we think more of, wow, what have we received and where does that come from? And so in the Christian life, maturity, or one major sign of maturity for us can be measured in our level of genuine, unforced gratitude, genuine thankfulness. If you want to know how you're doing, and no one's judging and looking at you, but if we want to look at ourselves and say, how am I doing in this Christian life? Think, how, how much does my life reflect gratitude to God, gratefulness to Him? And in my daily prayer life, what is that? How does it express itself? So the starting point and the whole mode, modus operandi, if you like, of our prayer with God is in gratitude. Secondly, lament. What about talking with God about the things that aren't right, the things that are evil, the things that shake us, things that shake this world? When we ask God to forgive us our sins, and acknowledge that we must also forgive those who have sinned against us. When we ask God to deliver us from evil or from temptation, we're acknowledging all is not right with the world. Everything is not okay with our lives. What are we meant to do with all the pain, with all the struggle, with all the suffering? that we experience, that we hold in our hearts. Things that pop up at moments when we least expect them, that show us, oh, it's a bit of anger, a bit of road rage, a bit of reaction to a loved one. We think, why did I react like that? Jesus' answer is pray. Pray it. Take it to prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take those things that you see in yourself, in your heart, in the world around you, take it to prayer. Pete Gregg, the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, um, he said this, pray what you got. If you have gratitude, pray that. If you have grief, pray that. If you have anger, pray that. Whatever is in your heart, in your mind, pray it. Turn it into your prayer. I wonder if one of the reasons so many find prayer boring is because we're not being honest with God about our lives. We live in a world where we perform, we put on our best, we maybe say what people want to hear in order to succeed, in order to sound better, in order to come across well. It's not always the complete truth or the complete honesty in how we present ourselves. And perhaps that is true in our relationship with God also, that we present something that isn't altogether us because we think maybe God wants to hear this, doesn't want to hear that. But as C.S. Lewis said, we are to lay before God what is in us, not what ought to be in us. 
We are to bring before God what is in us, not what should be in us. We can pray, God, please put into me what should be in me or take out of me what shouldn't be in me. But we're to pray with honesty. That's the point. To talk about the things that are real to us in our lives, the struggles and the joys. I love this song that Ben read to us so beautifully. Thanks, Ben. You have searched me, O God. You know me. You perceive my thoughts from afar. And before a word is even on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Even the things that we don't say, because we don't think God wants to hear that. He knows it already. So why not say it to him? Why not talk with God about those things? And talking honestly with God about our thoughts, especially about the things we struggle with, that's what lament is. That's what we call lament. And it was a common part of ancient worship. It's not such a common part of modern worship. Um, As evangelicals, we find it quite dreary. We don't want to be lamenting all the time. But as part of our prayer life, and even in honesty in our worship life, some of our expression and relationship with God should be talking about those things too. Talking honestly with God about our thoughts. I've really wrestled with um, conversations I've had with the younger generation who feel so strongly about speaking truth to power and about protest, about ranting on social media. Um, It's good to protest. It's good to speak truth to power. It's good to tell people what you're thinking. But we don't always have that same honesty in our relationship with God. What if we were to channel all our pent-up anger into prayer? And then to be led where God takes us. If there's a protest to be had. Or if there's something to speak. But often we get caught up with the rest of the world in reacting out of anger and don't take the time to first take the Lord in prayer. And lament is a form of expressing our trust in Jesus. When we share these things with God, we're saying, we don't have the answers, but you do. We don't know how this one's going to be solved, but we trust in you. That's gratitude and lament. And the third is intercession. Asking God to fulfill his promises according to scripture into our lives and into the lives of those that we pray for and intercede for. Um, This is asking God to act on behalf. We see it in the story of Jesus um, with this friend that he tells who knocks on the door of his friend and he knocks and knocks and knocks in the middle of the night. I mean, it's quite rude, really. It's, it's quite a um, controversial story, as Jesus would have told it, because they would go, no, who would go and knock on their neighbor's door at night, or on their friend's door at night? You know, wait till the morning. And he didn't give up. He wouldn't go away until it says, because of his boldness. In fact, in the newer NIV translation, I love it, it says, because of his shameless audacity, Shameless audacity. A friend would give up and give him all that he wants. 
to feed his friend, the visitor who'd come. How much more, Jesus says in his stories, how much more would your father, who is not grumpy and sleepy and aloof, but runs to your aid, would he respond to your need? As you intercede for your friend, in the case of the story, or for yourself. And so he says, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. There's a certainty in this. Where Jesus is saying, ask. In intercession we carry one another's pain into God's presence. To seek his healing and his light for that situation. It's been said that all of Jesus' teaching on prayer in the Gospels can be summarized in one word, ask. We think, but we don't want to always be asking God. And also we're a bit independent in our lives. We want to be able to have the answers or have what we need. It's very hard to ask even a friend when we need help. Some people will reach the bottom, bottom, bottom before they finally dare to ask when maybe there's a friend who just longs to respond. And Jesus asks people, um, he says, seek and you will find, knock, ask, seek. But he also says um, to the person who's blind, and it's, it's kind of obvious what he might want. He says, what do you want me to do for you? A couple of times in the Gospels, Jesus says, ask me, what is it that you want? Be specific. Tell me about your need. But the most important thing Jesus teaches is not just to ask, but to ask in my name. To ask in the name of Jesus. John 14, verse 13, I will do whatever you ask for in my name. In Jesus' name. It's not just a tagline. In fact, in the Bible, it's never at the end of a prayer, in Jesus' name. But it's a way of praying of both invoking our status as those who are in Christ Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name as ones who are in Jesus. We are caught up in the life of Jesus because of our salvation in him. So he invites us to pray in his name with the rights that Jesus has in heaven's um, and, and, and the Father's eyes. We come as co-heirs with Jesus. Co-heirs calls us. It means we inherit what Jesus inherits. What the Father would want to do for Jesus, he wants to do for us. So we invoke our status as those who are in Christ, but we also, by praying in Jesus' name, are praying in alignment with Jesus. We're praying in alignment with what Jesus would pray. Which means when we come before our fathers, we don't come as beggars, but as royal daughters and sons adopted into the family of our Father through Jesus Christ, co-heirs with Christ. And we know that in the ancient world, a person's name was linked with their character and with their nature. So when we're praying in Jesus' name, we're praying in line with the character and the nature of Jesus, which means that our prayers will align with Scripture should align with the promises of Scripture. If we're praying things that are contrary to Scripture, then we know we're not in alignment with Jesus' name. 
Dallas Willard, contemplative theologian, he talks about the spiritual disciplines. He wrote these words. He said, God's response to our prayers is not a charade. What? God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He doesn't pretend that he's answering our prayer when he's only doing what he was going to do anyway. Just wants us to go through the motions. He says, our requests really do make a difference in what God does or does not do. We said this last week, Jesus really believed that. When he gave us this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, Father. He was showing us that God's kingdom was not completely come. His will was not completely done. It had begun with the breaking in of the life of Jesus into this world, but it wasn't complete. And we, his church, are to pray in alignment with heaven that the kingdom of God would be established more and more on earth. That's why we're running Alpha this term again. Because we want the kingdom of God to come in people's lives, for people to recognize Jesus, come alive in their faith in him. We want people to join our fellowship and discover the good news and grow as disciples of Jesus so that his kingdom would come in their lives also. If you haven't done Alpha before, I highly recommend Wednesday night, sign up for Alpha. Invitations over here. Invite a friend. That's how people come, because the church invites a friend. Who might we invite to come and join us on this journey? So I want to leave you with a thought. Is prayer something that God is doing to me or in me? Or is prayer something that I am doing to God or with God? My thought is that it's both. When we pray, we make space for God to work in our lives. We say we don't have all the answers, God, but we give this time of prayer, this heart of prayer to you. And God shapes us and God molds us in that time of prayer, in those places of of relationship with him, as well as him desiring to hear our voice, asking us to ask, calling us to ask. And I really think for St. John's at this time that God is more interested in the kind of people that we are and that we're becoming as disciples of Jesus and our relationship with him than he is in the kinds of things that we can do for him and the activities that we can get doing for him. So you might ask, so does that mean we're not going to serve the poor or um, go to the prisons or to um, the streets or um, reach out or... Um, run marriage courses or or other things that might be needed. And my answer is that no, those things are going to flow from the kind of people that we are. But they're not the kind of things that we do to show that we're a good church. They're the kind of things that are the fruit of the Holy Spirit's work in us because our primary responsibility is to build a relationship with Him. And so it's both and. Will you join me intentionally making time in your life? This week, this month, this year, tomorrow, today, to be with God, to talk with God, 
to show him your gratitude, to let a heart of gratitude overflow in thankfulness to God, to um, bring your petitions and your intercessions before God, and to lament and be honest about the things that you're struggling with. Let's allow the Lord to shape us as we pledge ourselves to lean closer in in this relationship with him. Amen. Amen.